Actually, our first date, I was pretty hard on him because when I was walking into the date, I knew that he's divorced, that he has children. When I was telling my friends, I just sense their fear, but I sense the stiffness and about the situation. Oh, he's divorced? Oh, right away, like red flag or something. What like, do you think they were worried about? Uh, I feel like it's just the beliefs that divorce being such a bad thing and not a bad thing, but mostly like the thing that you try to avoid until it's a part of your life. It wasn't too hard for me to build a connection with kids, but I don't trust his ex. I still feel when I watch their relationship uh, going on, like, I still see that there's a lot of pain, I guess, in there. And I feel like sometimes she's not fair enough to him. And I feel that whenever she would be in conflict with my husband, I would just get defensive and upset and angry. I feel, sometimes I feel like I feel the amount of anger for both of us. This is Motherhood Sessions. I'm Dr. Alexandra Sachs. Today I'm talking with a couple we're calling Sandra and Tom. Together, they're navigating a complicated relationship with Tom's ex-wife. Tom and his ex were married for 10 years before their divorce. Now, a few years later, he shares custody of their kids, ages 8, 10, and 13. Unsurprisingly, there are still hurt feelings between Tom and his ex-wife. And as a new stepmom, Sandra is now in the middle of it all. She's nervous that the tension is having a negative impact on the kids. To better understand what Sandra has walked into, I begin by asking Tom to tell me more about his ex and also about the story of their breakup. I, I got married really young. Um, just turned 19 when I got really? married. So, And who was the... How did you know the woman you married? Um, we were, you know, we were in neighboring towns, but they're small towns and uh, knew each other gr- growing up on and off, you know. Um, and uh, and so we were dating and we weren't dating for very long and she got pregnant. And as happens a lot of times in these type of communities and that kind of thing, the right thing to do culturally, socially is to get married. Um, and so we got married. And so then we found ourselves, um, you know, a 17-year-old and then a 19-year-old with a newborn baby. Um, I did what I thought was the to be a good man, what you needed to do. So I I dropped out of college, got got a the best paying job I could. That must for have been sure. really hard. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't an ideal way to start a marriage relationship, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was tough. It was really tough for her. Um, I think that there was just like... She's a she's a person who doesn't deal with shame. I mean, who deals with shame really well? Right. But she really, uh, really kicks against that. Um, and uh, so I think that I think it was a really hard and damaging experience for her. Yeah. And we were both kids, and so we didn't really know yeah. what was hard and damaging. After Tom got married, things continued to go downhill. 
The family moved around a lot for his work, and life got more stressful, especially after they had two more kids. I was exhausted. I had been pushing harder than I'd ever pushed before. Um, I had been ignoring my stress more than I'd ever been before. Uh, he had three kids, three little kids three and little a wife. Kids. And I and I started drinking more than I had ever done before too, um, and it kind of, it kind of, that blossomed into a real problem for me. Um, but did you did you come home drunk? Did you drive drunk? Like what? How did it sort of come to a head? Yeah, I think both of those things happened oh, wow. on a on a number of occasions, wow. and um, it's it's so clear looking back at it, seeing how unhealthy I was, spiritually, physically, emotionally, all these different things. Um, during this time, I think my wife was looking at me and thinking, where in the world, probably where in the world is this going? I don't know what she was thinking, but I know she wasn't feeling supported or happy or... So how did it, how, how did this lead to the end of your marriage? There was, there was a, there was a friend. He was a guy that I spent a lot of time with. We probably, I probably saw him more than anybody else and he went through a hard point he went through a hard point in his marriage and I offered him a spare room at our house and he moved into our house and uh, you know he kind of hung out with us a lot and, um, and then he started hanging out with my wife a lot and um, this was truly a kind of a blind moment for me because I didn't see it coming even though some other people had raised concerns I don't know for what reason I Honestly, did not see it. So we planned a trip to go see some friends in California. We took the kids. We went down to California, stayed with them for a few days, and and she had to fly back early. So I drove with the kids back up, and we had had some some close friends with us living with us at the at the time. And when I got when we got back up, she had been up there a few days before us. And when we got back up. Our friends who had been living with us because we had an apartment in the basement pulled me aside and they're like, "We need to talk to you about something." And they said, I, "When you were gone with the kids, we we definitely heard that she was with someone else when she was here that day before you. Um, and we think it's this guy. It's your friend um, because we saw his car parked a couple blocks down. And then I went and I." confronted her about it and her response was kind of like yeah so what what do you expect you're not healthy this is bad i don't like it anymore i'm done i said can we go to counseling um and she said i don't see the point i'm done then we tried a few more weeks of talking and that kind of stuff until it became clear that it was it was done And so now they're engaged, um, and uh, and the kids spend half the time with us and half the time with them. Mm. And I think that that makes the parenting situation, and it it just makes it um, it makes it challenging. And what's it like now with your when you're around her? Now, when we, we kind of joke about it, it's, oh, 
there's periods of good time and then and then every once in a while it'll come back out again where she'll start to say really negative stuff or start to imply negative stuff um and how do i deal with when i say hey i want to talk about this thing about the kids um uh how do i deal with it when the response i get is ah that's that's dumb we're not going to do that so you feel dismissed. You're trying to be a collaborative, friendly co-parent with your ex, and you feel like she's shutting you down. Well, yeah. For for example, one one example is um, when the decision was made to get my son a cell phone, the oldest one. You remember this, right? Uh, so we were both completely on board and agreeing with that. Um, and my my reaching out was, hey, so. I, I've got it all set to add him. I was going to add him to my plan. What do we want to do? And the response that I got was, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to add him to my plan. And I think I tried texting and calling that day, like three or four different texts and a bunch of missed phone calls. And then when I went to go pick up the kids, the the answer was, well, I just wanted to do it this way. So I just did it. It doesn't matter. It's done. And why didn't you answer my calls and texts? Well, because I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an ex- one example of the situations that make me so, um, like, I get so upset about yeah. that. I get really upset. Let's talk about that. Um, I understand that it's disrespectful for someone to not return or respond to your messages, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, I just want to ask you, like, how's it going with your son's cell phone? Because is the way that she set it up working? Yeah, totally. So at the end of the day, there wasn't actually any sort of problem that was created for you. Like, you wanted to get your son a cell phone. He has a cell phone. Mm-hmm. It works the way you hoped it would. Yeah. It it was just the process of communication between you and your ex doesn't it what didn't feel collaborative. Yeah. But I guess I guess like looking back at that from a bird's eye view can you pick your battles when it's really simply just about she's just not being so friendly and collaborative but there's actually nothing that's nothing problematic that's happening to affect your kids. I well I think it's a I think for me it's more of like a I'm I think you're hitting it so right on and it um that's like an ongoing challenging question for me, which is around the solution of how do I, I know you're right that these, like the cell phone and these things, there's small things that happened. And in the grand scheme of things, the, the actual things that happen maybe haven't negatively affected my life past that conversation at all. And in fact, my, my son having a cell phone, that's wonderful for my life. I text him all the time, right? I love that. Um, uh, and plus, he's on her plan, and she's paying for it. There so, you go. Like, what am I complaining about? <laughs> what was I fighting about? It's, it, it, but it's exactly that question of like, what was I fighting about? Like, how do I, in the moment, get to where I can be at now in this conversation? Because in the moment, I'm just seeing red, and I feel, yep. I feel like I've been dismissed. I don't feel seen. I don't feel respected. I feel belittled, and I'm, and I'm just so hurt and mad about it. Mm-hmm. In that moment, it's like. I wish that I could react with a longer view of things or 
figure out why it's affecting me so strongly because I honestly, the next words out of my mouth are probably going to be negative in that situation and I'm not helping it. I'm not helping the situation at all. I mean, the question you just asked is kind of like the central question that people work on in therapy. <laughs> it's sort of like, I, how do I think less emotionally? How do I react with less emotion in my life so that I don't uh, make things more complicated than they need to be? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's not, it's not so easy. Yeah. It, it That's sort of why what people do in therapy is try to work on how to do that. But what's kind of magical about the process is that part of how you start doing that is simply by naming and acknowledging these two things that I'm feeling at the same time are actually separate. Hmm. One is a situation in my present and the other is a feeling about my past or a feeling that presses buttons, pushes buttons that have to do with other parts of me. Hmm. Um, and acknowledging that there are two kind of separate processes that are happening um, at the same time in these situations will probably help you the next time you're in the situation. And and I don't think you're going to not feel the painful feelings. I, I don't think you're necessarily going to stop seeing red. But your ability to th to think about it and, and reference in some way to the emotional vocabulary of this conversation may actually help calm you down, may actually help you be like, yep, it's happening again. I'm feeling I'm really mad, but uh, I, I don't know if this situation really warrants that. That that may help calm you down or even just give you 30 seconds to pause and make a decision like, I'm not in a good place to talk about this now. I got it. We got to talk about this later. And just simply give yourself a timeout because those are not moments where you can have perspective with your ex. You're just too angry. It's just too triggering for other stuff, and you need to give yourself the opportunity to cool off so that you can uh, just think more rationally. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. You know, what's interesting, Sandra, is that is that I'm watching you as you're empathizing with Tom and this very hard thing, this very demanding part of his life. I'd like to try to understand why you feel so angry about his breakup and and uh, um, activated when you encounter. That is interesting because I see even when we started this like conversation talking about it, I see how Tom is relaxed, and I just feel that my body is getting stiff. And I'm, Hearing his story about his breakup, you felt very upset even uh, just sitting here. Yeah, hmm. and I still feel when I watch their relationship uh, going on, like, I still see that there's a lot of pain, I guess, in there. And I feel like sometimes she's not fair enough to him, and I feel that... Um, anger in myself at her yeah. and I just um, most of the times I feel two-faced in, in my own thoughts because every time I go in to drop off kids I would have I went and I had like I hang out at their place for like five ten minutes just chatting about like life how kids were how I spend time with kids and I'm smiling and laughing and I was like you're a great mom 
And I do feel this way. But the moment I leave the door, I walk and I'm like, was I lying? Was I, what was I doing there? Because I can't help myself, but I wouldn't like, I can't put a name on that. But I, I really, I feel like this is the right thing for kids to see. Mm-hmm. And I'm not line when I'm saying these things but at the same time I go home and like maybe the ride will take me 10 minutes to get home by the time I get home she will text something to my husband really mean and I'll be going through from respecting this person 10 minutes I'm gonna be hating her so much Mm. and it's just I don't wanna I guess the easiest way for me to put my emotions into words would be I mostly don't trust her fiance right now. I just have so many things that I would love to tell him. <laughs> like what? Like the fakeness that he's trying to put on the mask and what he actually done to that family. I mean, I kind of know that it's, again, it's not solely his fault. And there's all of these people involved in there. But from what, from things that I hear that kids talk about him. What do they say? Um, no, they love him. They love him. But I always, like, just want to say, who do you think you are? Like, do you think that you did such a great thing being a step-parent to this children now? I'm like, you ruined their life. Do you know what's making you feel so emotional as you're telling me this? I think it's... Sorry. Might be a part of, like, my own story with my parents' divorce. And Do you mind if we actually start kind of from your your story from the beginning yeah. in terms of, like, where you grew up and what your family was like and, and some sort of context leading up to that divorce? <laughs> Um, so I was the only child in the family. I am the only child in the family. My parents got, um, married and they had me pretty much right away. They were in their twenties, I think. How old were you when when they got divorced? Twelve. I found out about it in the middle of the night when they started fighting, um, I just remember a lot of yelling, screaming, and my mom um, yelling at my dad. I think it was probably about the other woman and just finding out something that my mom was not supposed to find out. What What was your sense of their relationship before they got divorced? I thought that everything is going great. I had no idea, but I don't think that it was the first um occasion of cheating on my mom. Um, It was a, yeah, I don't know how many, I just recently asked my mom, do you think if I have any step, uh, like half half brothers or sisters, she's like, I'm not sure, but she's like, I asked dad, he said no. Um, But I don't think that I ever let myself be actually angry at him. And then two years later, he passes away. And in in my culture, you 
don't speak bad about people who passed away. You either remember only good things. Um, I feel like I knew that it was my dad's fault because he cheated on my mom. And, and I feel like at that time, maybe I wasn't supportive enough of my mom, even though I don't think that I ever blamed them out loud. And I think I felt guilty of um, not showing her as much support as I could have, I guess. I feel like she was very lonely. So it sounds like in terms of, it sounds like you are having the experience where you're seeing like the players in the story being repeated. Yeah. I think a lot of times I view Tom as the same role as my mom. And I see that um, his ex reminds me of my dad. Yeah. And I see that um, the things that get me angry with his communication with his ex-wife because I see that a lot of times he has to silence himself. I was being upset seeing, like, repeating the same thing, seeing someone who has to be quiet and just go with the flow. But, it, it, you know, I think it's like you've come in to talk about how enraged you are at your husband's ex who yeah. cheated on him. And a part of me is thinking this whole time, like, yeah, I hear how she makes your life difficult with the kids now. Yeah. But it's kind of like, why are you so focused on how she wronged him? Yeah. You know, and 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 maybe you are putting a lot of the anger that is feels like not okay to put on your dad's memory. Maybe it's easier to put on his ex than to be mad at someone Probably. who's died. Yeah, it's interesting because I never said it to myself that I connect Tom's ex with my dad. So I think that that's part of what's going on. I think you have compartmentalized your anger towards your dad because it's forbidden. I can see that, which I feel guilty now towards Tom's ex, <laughs> um, just because it's it's not hers anger. It's not. It doesn't belong to her. Welcome back. At this point in the conversation, we've talked a little bit about how both Tom and Sandra's personal histories are contributing to the tension they feel around Tom's ex. Now, we're going to work on how to think about the past and the present as distinct. I think we need to try to separate these stories here. You know, it's unfortunate that she's sending you critical texts. But at the end of the day, you guys are co-parenting, you and your ex, you're going to have disagreements about things. That doesn't necessarily make her a bad person to be like, I want this, you want that, I want you to, I'd rather do this, you know, I'm judgmental of you doing that. I think that is 
that happens in divorce, right? Mm -hmm. And so I don't think you're betraying anyone by being nice to her and being friendly with her. And then, you know, it's not like she's then sending you nasty text messages. She's communicating with her ex-husband about her feelings that relate to him. It's possible that she is being nice to you, and it's possible that she is a good mom, Mm -hmm. and that these are just two sides of her, and that you're not being two-faced to sort of see both sides, Mm -hmm. you know? But I think, I don't know if it would benefit anyone if you, you know, treated her with a 10-foot pole and, like, like, you know, assumed that she was going to be hostile. And, you know, I don't know if that really protects your husband. I don't know if that really, like— these things that she's complaining about may just be kind of the details of a co-parenting life where, you know, people make mistakes. They make a mistake around a holiday. They, you know, have different ideas about how to handle a parenting situation. And, and I also want to acknowledge that Tom tries not to. He, try, he knows how much it frustrates me, the unfairness, when I feel like something is going on is unfair. I feel like he once in a while tries to hide that from me, but... Try to hide the behavior that your ex might be having towards you so that Sandra doesn't get upset about it? Yeah. That's what you mean. Mm-hmm. Can you think of a situation that, where he co- hide it? The, I would ask, so you t- like the change of kid's schedule, yeah. something. Yeah. I was like, did you communicate to her? Yes, I did. And then it's just the theme of, like, and the topic of the conversation changes right away. Mm. And in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah. So going back to our conversation, what was her response? Oh, she was fine. She was okay with it. And I just insert yourself. Yeah. yeah. Why do you want to hear about their squabbles? Like, I don't know. Because I don't want to, I, I guess I don't want him to feel alone and lonely that he needs to battle with it on his own. Yeah, so let's let's ask him. I mean, do you feel like y- it would be helpful to have Sandra be a more of a sounding board when you have upsetting conversations with your ex? Or do you feel like it's better for you sometimes to keep the squabbles between you and your ex, between you and your ex, and, and you don't actually need help or want to sort of share it with Sandra? I mean, what she's asking essentially how to be a good wife to you in these moments. So what do you think? Um. You know, I think I think the ones that don't, um, I think the ones that don't spill over. Um, if there's I- interactions that are a little bit just, you know, your normal garden variety, a little bit of conflict, but uh, you're just working through things, I think that that would probably actually be better if I can find a way just to handle it on my own. Um, the I think, honey, the thing that I. I fear about it because you because you do ask about it, and I don't want you to feel like I'm shutting you out of things. Um, and so when you when you ask about it, I you know I do share with you so most of the time you know what what's happened. But um, if she's just being if she's just uh, having a interaction with me the way that she normally does, and it sometimes it gets a little bit contentious, maybe that's something that I don't need to bring you on in on for me necessarily because um i feel like it i feel like sometimes if we do talk about it 
I don't like when our interaction and our relationship becomes so much about her and my relationship with her. Um, because that, you know, because they're separate things and I don't want that to color the way that, the way that we communicate with each other. Yeah. So how do you, what do you think about, is that new information for you or how do you respond to that? No, it's not new. I think I started, I was, I'm trying to expand my view towards that, that, and Am I trying actually to do something for him or I'm trying to do something that I think would be good for him? Like, am I making a choice for him by for like, or, you know, are you feeling just like left out? Because, <laughs> you know, I, I, I kind of think, I think your instinct to keep it between you and your ex is, makes sense. Because this is like, this is like trickle down from the breakup. And it actually really doesn't have anything to do with you, Sandra. And strangely, that might be a lonely feeling. So there, there may even be a party that wants to insert yourself so that you can be included. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe. Which I, which I was kind of feeling that maybe I'm the reason. Like maybe he let it go, and it's not bugging him as much until the moment I start talking about it and getting yeah. frustrated and hyping him up in that frustration. Well, yeah, I mean, he he probably wants it to be over, this, like, upsetting yeah. interaction with her, and he'd probably like to move on with the day and talk to you about something more fun. Yeah. I feel like um, sometimes I had that idea of He's been through that divorce. He's been through the end of that relationship, and I just started it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like... I'm ready to go through it all over again. That's like, interesting. Yeah. That's a good observation. I think it was good to hear for me that some of the things are basically not of my deal, not like not of my business, like in a way that um, maybe it was just me wanting to insert myself because I don't want to be left out, not because I can magically fix anything. Maybe maybe one way to think about this moving forward is, like, if you need her help with listening or processing something with your ex, you'll share a situation with her. And if you don't, that means you're good with kind of compartmentalizing it and, and not, not including her in the details of it. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's a good plan, at least. If you're okay with it, we can we could experiment with it and see. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I would just say that a lot of times those those interactions, although thank God they are getting fewer, um, those are very frustrating and sometimes it's not great to think about reliving them all over again. Uh, I think reliving bad interactions sometimes has its own kind of pleasure that people do and that you kind of can feel good like hating on somebody or whatever but it really makes it doesn't make this situation any better and it doesn't help me feel for sure it doesn't help me feel less frustrated about it and so yeah I like that plan so I think that one actionable thing it, it, that you may want to try is to to take a deep breath and hold off on getting involved, getting involved in their drama when, when it's if it if it doesn't affect you, if it's not involving you, you don't have to insert yourself into it. 
and asking yourself, how might this be related to some of the issues I'm trying to sort through about my own childhood? I just feel like for me it was a good insight on like, we both have some past feelings that are reflecting on our present right now. Yeah. And maybe before I was like, I was not understanding what is happening with me, why I feel so bad. But now realizing that it might be Thomas connecting his own story with present and I'm connecting my own story, which are not connected together. Motherhood Sessions is a production of Gimlet Media and Spotify. It's produced by Peter Bresnan. Our editors are Devin Taylor and Nazanin Rafsanjani. Music and mixing by Emma Munger. We'll have a brand new episode next week. 